Ella Ray Smith, welcome to the Sound Fusion podcast. Um, really you. appreciate you coming down today under these these difficult circumstances. What difficult circumstances? Well, lockdown and oh yeah, COVID but it doesn't feel that. like real lockdown anymore. Yeah, I guess so. You know I guess I mean? so. Things are going back, to, starting to go back to normal, yeah. but um, still not easy though. And it is like fifty degrees today as well. Yeah, so. it's more like the melting. It's more yeah. the feeling like a. I'm trying to think of a metaphor that's not horrible. It's more just constantly being drenched in your own sweat right now. But even yeah. that's quite nice. Now, luckily, it's nice and it's nice and cool in the studio, yeah, so we're, exactly. we're being treated well today. Um, so yeah, the, firstly, I just wanted to find out, um, given the, the overall situation at the moment, um, how life has been like for you during lockdown. Like, how creatively, how's your productivity been? Like, how have you found it day to day during what's been a really tough time for everyone? I think that. Before lockdown, I I was so unaware of what was going on in the world. And then um, I think maybe a week before the UK went into lockdown, I was in Berlin doing a modelling job and the whole city was in lockdown. And I was like, oh, something's going on. Okay, the week before that, I'd been in Brazil on holiday having the best time. So I just had no idea. I'm in Berlin, I'm like, this is happening. Kind of thought I would get trapped there for however long. I had packed like a suitcase full of everything I would need for six months just in case mm-hmm. um but managed to get home so kind of at the start of lockdown I was just happy that I made it home and that I was going to be able to be at least in my own house mm. home, was... co- home comforts and all that yeah yeah, yeah. exactly because you know I spend so much of my time living in hotels and things anyway the idea of being alone in lockdown in a hotel was the scariest thing so really at the beginning I was like I'm home that's fine. Mm. That's good. Mm. Um, I kind of, I think everyone creative felt at the start like, yeah, this is our time. Like what we were just saying, this is mm. our time mm. to do Definitely. something. Yeah. But yeah. I think I very quickly rejected that because it's pandemic. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, yeah. it takes so much energy, I think, to survive under the new conditions. I know that sounds very dramatic, but we're not used to this like our lives were completely stripped back Mm. in a way that they've never been stripped back before yeah yeah yeah. so kind of just being able to get up and make it through another day was enough of an accomplishment and I didn't want to put pressure on myself to Mm. to to do amazing things when just you know dealing with it was Mm. amazing enough um and then I got into got into some collaging Things oh, like yeah. that. It's the yeah, most yeah. time-consuming form of art I've ever found. Just I just sit there with this tiny knife, cutting out all these tiny shapes. Um, that became like my therapy. Just sitting. I was going to say it sounds quite therapeutic. That yeah, yeah, I didn't. I don't want to pressure myself into doing things that yeah, I could have been really, really, really proud of, but I might have felt stressed about doing. This was like mm. I'm still doing it. Actually, it's a nice way to switch off and still be creative, but not feel stressed at the start i was like learning monologues thinking maybe i'll post these online maybe yeah, i'll start yeah, like yeah. a monologue chain and all the actors will be doing monologues and we'll be having the best time on the internet but mm. i didn't do it i don't mm. regret not doing it either mm. because you know i don't yeah. know i think just... it was a key thing you mentioned as well as far as like not putting pressure on yourself because yeah. even in my position i was thinking right, I've got, you know, potentially yeah. three months off here alongside another job that I do, but three months to think about new projects, write some new stuff. I had like six projects mm. I was thinking about making. Um, 
didn't even get around to doing one of them but in the end. You... So it was quite it was quite deflating. But then I was thinking, yeah. I'm just putting myself under too much pressure here. Just go with the flow and just try and put things into perspective as to what's happening out there at the moment. That's the thing, though. When in lockdown, there was no pressure. There's no time pressure. The days are endless. So for me, I didn't have that, that thing. I work so well under pressure. I didn't have that thing of like, I have to do something. I just sort of... Like I said, all the days rolled into one. Just been waking up late, walking the dogs, which has actually been... I I don't like sitting still. I don't like not working. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. at the beginning of lockdown, I was like, I will not survive. (laughs) It was very dramatic. I I just didn't know how I would be able to cope with my life being in one place because most of the time I'm at an airport on a Mm. train surrounded by strangers that that's my normal and i i haven't been in my house i hadn't been in my house for a month straight and suddenly suddenly i actually like live in a house mm, and i know mm. my neighborhood which is really nice and i've slept more than i've ever slept in my life and i'm like i don't know full of energy and raring to go after that but i think that's a, a massive to positive that. to take from lockdown yeah. that you've actually you actually feel refreshed now yeah and then you can sort of now you're ready to move on to exactly. whatever's coming next for you so that's um mm. yeah i mean to get through lockdown and have that level of energy back that's yeah you can't really you know hope for anything anything better can exactly. you from this situation and that's so also why i'm glad i didn't put pressure on myself to to do things that were really amazing and, and big because you know it just personally to just be able to sleep mm. and to just you know hang out with the dogs well, yeah i mean I, I yeah i ditched the script writing yeah. and and, <laughs> and just turned to scrabble so um that got hey, me through each day some good words though yeah I have, you're yeah. looking at the thesaurus and you were like oh I like that one. <laughs> didn't know it existed but it's got me a lot of points so uh um no nah, happy tried days to play monopoly but it turns out neither of us really care for monopoly it's a bit long isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so just um, just going back to the beginning then, like how did you first get into modelling? So I was first scouted when I was in year nine. So how old is that? 14? 14? Mm-hmm. Um, was I 13? 13 or 14 on a school trip to Paris, Christmas time, walking along the Champs-Elysees with my two friends. This car just stopped. This woman gets out, runs up to me, starts speaking in French. I'm like, uh, je suis anglais. And uh turns out she was a model scout and she wanted to sign me. It kind of turned out she w- was a mother agent. It, she wasn't an official uh, agent. But right. we didn't go with her. And I was, you know, I was a kid and my mum was there. Not in Paris. My mum was kind of overseeing it all. So that didn't go ahead. But that was the first time it sort of had been introduced to me. As well as like just generally being a very tall child. And parents being like, you should be a model. And just sort of it being a thing Mm, that was talked mm. about around me. If that makes sense. Mm. Um, So had that seed already been planted then before that day in in France? Yeah. Mm. I don't think... Because I was so shy as a kid. I, I only got into performing when I was 12 or something I I don't think if other people hadn't said you should be a model that wouldn't have come into my mind Mm, at mm. all like it's such a I'm here kind of job and I was not a I'm here kind Mm, of person mm. um but I guess I just sort of 
started falling in love with it and started reading Vogue and looking at all the beautiful editorials and thinking, I want to make art like that. I want to be in that. And learning more about the industry. I was obsessed with America's Next Top Model. So <laughs> I really thought that that was what modeling was like. I was like, wow, this looks so fun, all these challenges and games. Obviously, that's not what it's actually like. Um, but yeah, that happened. And then I think when I was about 16, it was quite, it was in the back of my mind a lot and I wanted to do it, but my mum wanted to wait until I was older, which obviously at the time I resented. But on reflection I'm like thank you so much um and then I think I went to go and see some agencies and no one wanted me and everyone told me I was fat when I was 14 15 and then when I was 16 I signed with an agency I was with them for a year which they told me I was fat and I didn't get any work and then I was scouted by a new agency who I've been with ever since who've never told me I'm fat and I love so wow okay <laughs> yeah it's kind of like came into my life very young mm. I think so did you literally just leave school then and then just went into full-time modeling or like how did <laughs> how did that story. how did <laughs> that go story this is my favorite story of my life because I'm like at the time I was like yeah whatever like just going along with it and then I look back and I'm like I'm insane I'm actually like if I was my own child they'd be sent to boarding school I would not let me out mm. <laughs> um <laughs> so I did when I was 16, I did National Youth Theatre, um, which is the best thing ever. The best fortnight, well, one of the best fortnights of my life. Made lifelong friends and had the best time. And a year later, um, I'd been applying for all the open castings on the open casting space, just thinking something might come up. Why not? Taking chances. Um, a year later, I got a job. My like kind of first self-tape. And... I ended up getting the role. It's a film called Two Hours. And it's my second year of sixth form. Uh, I was meant to go back in September and I just came up to London for five weeks to film. And then I just got signed by Next, my agency, just before I did my modeling agency, just before I did the film. Mm -hmm. And they booked me a modeling job in South Africa. I'd never been on a long haul flight before. Mm. In South Africa for four days and the money was amazing. So I did this film. I was like, I've done a film. And I, and I got my acting agent. I was like, mm. I've got my acting mm. agent. Okay. So you played quite a prominent role in that film as well, didn't you? One of the- In two hours, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just like a trio of, of friends mm. running around London. It was the best first job ever. I think because I was with my peers, I was with people my age. And I think that especially when you're coming into the industry, it, it makes such a difference to be able to be on a project with people who are in the same boat as you. You know, Absolutely. we were all, yeah. all in our last year of sixth form and kind of that age where you just started drinking a bit and hanging out with the boys. I went to a girls school, so I was hanging out with boys, having the best time, just like, being messy and stuff like that and it it makes my heart feel warm to think mm. about that film because it was just fun mm. just pure mm. fun and especially having an independent project as a first job it's a smaller crew it's more relaxed it kind of it didn't feel so big and scary you know, not having things like makeup trailers or or even a trailers, actually. We didn't have trailers. We were just hanging out in rooms and stuff. Mm -hmm. I guess it doesn't feel like what you think it would feel like making a film when you don't have those things. But 
in a way that's good because you are getting to know who everyone is and what exactly a day on set looks like mm-hmm. you know and you, so you're kind of like on the front line of it at that point aren't yeah. you where you can see how it all works yeah, in a lot more detail exactly and you you don't always get that on bigger things because they're just so much bigger and there's so many more people and you know as as cast you can be separated a bit more from the crew whereas independent films i find at least it's a bit more kind of like passion everyone's mm. just passionate everyone yeah, gets their hands yeah. dirty yeah yeah so basically i finished the film i got the modeling job suddenly i've got money i'm literally just studying drum performing arts and i had an agent like an acting agent i thought i was going to be going to drama school for three years in mm. the hope of getting an agent and suddenly i have the most amazing woman and her team looking after me mm. and my modeling agents i was like i'm gonna go mm. Bye. so before before the whole like the two hours <laughs> yeah. film um had you had a lot of acting experience at all by that point like was it literally zero you had <laughs> no. did you did you have any training like what did you have to do to like prep for that role I've never been taught to act. Mm. That's how I would word it. I've done training and and things which have made me more confident and made me more aware of my body, perhaps. And I I did do a course for a little bit, learning Meisner technique, which was really interesting, but I've never been taught how to do it. And for me, that works. Mm. I don't think Mm. that works for everyone. Mm. Some people Mm. do have techniques. I I feel really weird talking about it because I like don't really know how to explain hmm. what my technique is. Because... But I mean, a lot of people would say that you can't actually teach acting. Either you've got <sighs> either you've got that. that X factor or you don't. That's what a lot of people would say. Yeah, I mean, I do kind of, I agree with that, but I think that you can be taught how to be better at certain things. For example, I've, I'm not a stage actor, I've never done stage, but I would definitely look into some sort of training if that was a route I wanted to go down because I like film I like things being small and intimate and it's all behind the eyes and all of that I don't know how to be present like that on a stage so Mm, mm. things like that I think so but I do also think you learn a hell of a lot from experience and I mean that in terms of life experience living your life going through different things and experience on set working with other people Mm, mm. One of the questions that I wanted to ask you about modelling is generally what is it like as a career? Um, because generally in the past, being a successful model was something very, very difficult to do. It mm. felt like there was only a select few models that became household names. Mm. Um, but how has, how has social media and the internet changed that now? Like, What's your whole kind of take on that? Mm, well, first of all, I would say that I think that I think that modelling is still an industry where there are like the supers kind of the same as in acting you've got like the household names that everyone knows so right now it's probably like Bella Hadid Gigi Hadid and Kendall Jenner all of them because they they are everywhere and they're at the very top um for me I full-time modeled for so I left home when I was 17 I moved to London with this money I'd got from this South Africa job happy days um and I full-time modelled for, I think, about nine months. Um, and I just didn't want to do it full-time anymore because it was just too much pressure for me. It was something I, I did while I was trying to get acting jobs. Mm-hmm. So my relationship with it 
is a bit more in and out. Mm, mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that definitely over the past what five years, social media has changed it all because now people go to castings and Instagram count matters because you know if you're doing a commercial job and it's about selling a product if you as a model have loads of followers then they can sell more and I, I think that's I feel like it's sort of like models are creating their own brands mm. you know like I am the brand of Ella a. Smith and this is my vibe and over lockdown I had a few few kind of castings and putting together like I put together a mood board of what my house looked like and things like that if I had to shoot things at home yeah, it's more yeah. kind of here I am I did a, a Rimmel job which was my dream modeling job. Mm, I was going to ask you about that, but you yeah, beat me to it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. like, that was an absolute dream to do something like that because, yeah, it's about being beautiful and things like that. But it's also about personality and having fun. And that was probably my favorite mm. modeling job ever. I saw but... some of the adverts and the, the yeah. promotional campaigns. They look so great. Happy. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was really strange when you're everywhere. Mm. Like, I, I don't feel comfortable with the fact that i'm in like every boots in the country that freaks me out <laughs> but also i'm like i'm the rimmel girl like, yeah wow and yeah, i wasn't yeah, expecting yeah. that i think that as for me having had eating disorders before i started modeling it just wasn't a good environment for me it mm -hmm. just and i can I, it's weird because I feel kind of subconscious about saying that, but I don't think that I should because it's my reality. And mm. I think that to be a successful model, you have to be a businesswoman and you have to really be able to separate, you know, what you look like and your worth. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. For me, yeah. like my agency never pressured me to lose weight, the agency I'm with now, but I found myself getting into unhealthy patterns just from being around other women who mm -hmm. were thin and from putting that pressure on myself. So I know for me, I I wouldn't be able to do it full time because mm -hmm. I, I just can't do it. If you can handle that, then yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100% go for it. But yeah. Yeah. I think the industry has changed in a lot of ways in terms of weight and, and size and, and what girls look like. I know that my mm. agency have like a doctor come in and make sure that all of the girls are okay before they go oh, wow. and do fashion okay. week. And that's amazing. Mm. That's responsible. I think yeah, all yeah. agencies should do that. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I'm gluten intolerant because of the modeling agency I used to be with because they told me like to not eat carbs for a year to try and lose weight. There's so many stories <sighs> like that tough. that are messed up and no one talks about it. Mm, mm. I think you just have to have your head really screwed on yeah so just moving on to your acting then yeah oh god um, we're gonna be here for, this is a fun <laughs> bit now though let's not talk about modeling anymore. Um, i love it but that's not yeah so just in terms of the um the genres that you've actually sort of worked on so mm. far i mean you've been in comedies you know marley's ghost you've been in um the commuter with liam neeson obviously a thriller action film um clique on bbc3 um, which was more of a drama um, into the Badlands, fantasy slash martial arts slash a lot of stuff going on there. Um, but is there any particular genre that you like working on more than more than others? It's mm, good question. In terms of like actual genre of uh, the project, I don't really mind. But I would say 
contemporary things are a million times easier because you know you do something contemporary you pop on a pair of jeans shoes whatever in the morning badlands i had a corset dress every day that it just took it took help to get into it mm. it was really hard to pee it was beautiful though and i did feel really badass but yeah i mean that's not really an answering your question but i feel like obviously if you're on a comedy you you know what's funny and how things need to land if it's that kind of thing or mm, mm. i think you're you're most aware when you're on comedy but i know that badlands is a fantasy martial arts thing but to me it's drama mm. it, you know my my work is drama clique drama Liam Neeson drama i feel like for me in my mind and acting it's just funny or dramatic i'm like which which way shall we go yeah you know yeah, no yeah. matter where we are if we're in space or underground or or whatever it's just knowing if got that little mm. bit of cheekiness or yeah, about yeah. To cry or whatever, for sure you know? yeah, yeah 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 i get you yeah um so moving on to um the commuter then with liam neeson i've got to ask you i'm a big fan of liam neeson so what was it like to work with him i've got a good story but it's really embarrassing <laughs> no pressure <laughs> I can't I'm no tell pressure it. no i'm gonna tell it so First of all, I did not think I was going to get this job. It was my second film. Mm -hmm. I did not think I would get it. I was absolutely convinced. I remember phoning my mum coming out of the audition crying, going, I've just been terrible and they all hate me. And I got the job. <laughs> what? Amazing. Um, And I remember going to Pinewood for the read through and like, you know, you drive up to the gates of Pinewood and you're like, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it because mm. it's you know it's really real, and they were filming Paddington Two, and I remember seeing you know oh, in Paddington yeah. Two the little prison. Yeah, thing. yeah. I remember yeah, seeing yeah. that set. They were prepping for Nutcracker, and I remember like seeing all sorts of crazy things traveling past, and the green screen was still up from Star Wars. It's like you go to a place like that, and you realize mm. I'm in the movie business. Yeah, okay. yeah. You've arrived. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really amazing. Um, and the whole shoot was actually really fun. We basically just sat on a train for 10 weeks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. incredible as well. Like this, this New York style train built in a massive studio, green screens on either side. Yeah, Everything yeah. was shot at Pinewood pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd never done anything so like that. The train mm. also moved in real life, which was pretty sick. It went right. up and down, <laughs> shook side to side. Um, so... <laughs> I had a meeting with the uh, director and he said to me, I want you to be like really method, you know, like don't talk to Liam because your character wouldn't. So don't talk to Liam for the entire shoot. So I'm like, yeah, okay. 18. I'm like, okay, sure. I spent a month ignoring Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> I've been like outside. He'd be like, hey, Ella. I'm like, I'm run away. And I started to get really, really anxious about it. I said to the makeup artist, I was like, oh God. I'm ignoring Liam and, you know... It's getting a bit awkward now. Yeah, I've been told to do it and I'm trying to, like, work really hard. And blah, blah, blah. and they're like, that was definitely a joke. <sighs> it was a joke. The director was joking the whole time. <laughs> so I just spent a month ignoring ignoring Liam Neeson <laughs> for no reason. I don't think I've told him that. No, he doesn't know that. Not that we're in Because I was thinking, like... Were you told that because it, it was going to have an impact on your on-screen relationship with well, him? Like, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I thought too. But it was a funny. It was a joke that I think <laughs> I don't mind. It's funny on reflection because I'm so gullible. Obviously, I would have been like, yes, of course, I will not talk to him. <laughs> um, 
But it was amazing. It was really lovely. It was a really lovely film in that it felt like, obviously Liam was the star of it, but it felt like an ensemble piece in that mm. everyone else had their sort of moment with Liam. You know, yeah, we're all in the course, movie, yeah, then we yeah, all yeah, have our little yeah. like one-on-one time. Um, and it was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> absolutely mm. terrifying. But he was so lovely because my my role was emotional and i'm i'm from new york and I'm crying and mm. all of that because you had a, a a good scene with liam towards the end didn't yeah. you there like where, where it was an emotional scene it's quite gripping actually when i when i first watched that um <laughs> but um is he quite like an intimidating guy to be around or is he no. like a gentle giant no, sort he's of? lovely he's so lovely i like very 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 generous actor and made me feel completely at ease and I think that's probably why he's had this amazing long and varied career because mm. people love working with him yeah. I always feel like you know actors who are successful are just really lovely because mm. people love working with mm. them so yeah it was I think it was more just like he wasn't the scary part at the end of it it was just you know acting yeah, in front yeah, of all yeah. these people yeah yeah yeah. Ah. But, yeah. Um, well you pulled it off to be fair so thanks. you know I hope yeah. so <laughs> I don't know um, but um, moving on to Into the Badlands then. So again, something totally different. Mm. Um, you know, it's a fantasy genre, martial arts, a lot of fighting scenes. Um, I'm guessing a lot of choreography that's needed mm. there. The costumes, the makeup, um, et cetera. The black eyes that your crazy character, <laughs> what, you know, whatever was going on there, I'm not sure. That's CGI, but, black eyes are CGI. <laughs> yeah. really I was scary. thinking like if you can, the whole black eye thing, right? Yeah. You can pull that off, and then you're the face of Rimmel London. I mean, if that's not range, I don't know what is. Um, so, um, what was your what was um, what was your uh, given the nature of the your character yeah. Nix, who you played? Um, did you have to prepare any any differently? Apart from allowing a lot more time to get into your outfit, yeah. Was there anything else that you had that to was do? The main or? thing, no. Um... I mean, the thing is, with something like fantasy, I remember um, Ali Ayanadas, who plays uh, Tilda, she was, she's was she been in the season, not in the season, she was in the show since season one. Um, and I remember talking to her about things and she was like, you know, they're just people, you know? Take everything away and they are just people. So I think that's the approach I took to mm, it. I'm very grateful mm. to have had that conversation with her because if you take away all of the layers of, of the world that... Um, Miles and Al, the, the creators, created, they are human beings yeah. and they all have motivations and feelings and stuff. Mm. So I think the process was really just kind of stripping everything back and understanding who is this girl, who do these, who are these people around her and what mm. do they mean to her? And when you're on a big show like that, you don't get the scripts all at once. They come out slowly. So then you kind of slowly get your character's yeah, yeah, storyline. Yeah. So as it was coming out, I was like, okay, well, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was more, <laughs> more just taking away the fantasy and just being like, she's a real person yeah. and these are her problems and this is how she's going to solve them. And that's a really sort of interesting thing you've said there in terms of simplifying your approach to the mm. role when there's a million things going on at once. Oh, but you um, have to. Yeah. Yeah. You have to because... You know, when you, I think when you pick up a script for something that's fantasy or set in a different world, you're just like, what? Yeah. What happened there? But every everyone's a human. So for, for Nyx, for example, she's in a cult. She's a young girl in a cult. She's been brought up 
and taught that this cult is the best thing ever and she has her brother and that's the only person she has to confide in and the only person who really understands her and these two sort of parent figures and then her brother dies so obviously her world ends and then she slowly starts questioning what's going on take away all of the fact that you know she has this magical power and she can fight and all of that which does come into it too but basically she's lonely Mm, you know mm, she doesn't know who she is and she's trying to find out who she is and she doesn't know if she's good or bad and she wants to she wants to be good and she thought she was good and she realizes she was bad and she wants to be good again yeah that's it yeah but um badlands was for me probably the biggest education of all the jobs because i very much learn on the job and i'm hands up but i'm sorry to the people who i worked with in like early career even though i I don't think i've ever been bad at work but i think of just being getting used to it you Mm, know mm. it's a lot to get used to yeah of course yeah yeah you know even now having cameras to just be able to just talk to you and not think about them mm. that's a skill that you learn with time mm. i think yeah well i'm still learning that's for sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's weird yeah. it is weird it's like if we're on the street and someone took out their phone and took a photo of you your instant reaction would be like yeah. you always feel a bit aware yeah when there are cameras on you it's like yeah. learning to not be aware of that um but the way that we shot badlands was just like i've never done anything like this and after that i feel like i can do anything yeah we filmed for i think nine months maybe eight months um we had two units all the time so you have your kind of main unit which was drama um where you kind of go and do your acting yeah yeah and then the fight unit yeah which is where we did all the fighting and these amazing amazing choreographers did you and, do and your own stunts Ella Ray, or um um was someone drafted in for that <laughs> 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 Three? No, no, because we had we had a stunt team. There were probably as many as many um, stunt artists as actors. Yeah, and different people kind of swap around and become you at different times whenever they're free. Well, some of the fight um, scenes go on for like literally ten minutes at a time in in Badlands. I mean, yeah. the choreography is amazing. It's amazing, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah, absolutely insane. And I had never really watched martial arts before that. I didn't know anything about it, mm. and then. You know, my first day on set was a fight scene. Do you, if you've watched it, you know the Chow Towers fight at the yeah, start. When yeah, yeah, through, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Done my research. Don't worry about me. I'm. Wrong. <laughs> Can you imagine though? Like I, I can't remember what happened, but there's they have a fight camp beforehand. Mm. I couldn't make it to all of fight camp because of signing contracts or something. So I'd had about two days of practicing with swords. Go in. That's like my first week filming. And at first I was terrified because I was like, how, what, like, how do I do this? Um, But Mikey, the first AD, who's an absolute saint and one of my favorite people I've ever worked with, who's like, the way we film this is so easy. And it is, it's like bite-sized little chunks Mm. of fight. And I would do what I could do, um, which basically means the things that weren't too technical. Um, And then any of the amazing stunt doubles who are around would do the more crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of... Making that show was such hard work because you're you're always kind of needed. You're either drama doing kind of what you're used to, normal yeah, job, yeah. or you're on fight unit doing all this fight 
stuff. So yeah. kind of constantly between two, which I kind of love because it's it's more interesting and like you never know who you're going to be with. Mm, mm. Um, I've I've never worked that hard, and now I have. I feel like I can do mm. literally anything. You know, like I'm not tired at all compared to how tired well, you don't know I was what tiredness is and unless no, exactly. you've been on badlands <laughs> well so i was saying that viking shoots in ireland as well and apparently vikings is more hardcore vikings they go out in um all sorts of weathers i've heard <laughs> from an irish cruiser like vikings is the hardcore one that's the one where you're like you will be out on a hill in the rain but <laughs> so much of that for us <laughs> um yeah so just moving on to um your role in the stranger um, did you, Holly. yeah, did you realise at the time that it would go on to be as popular as it went on to be? Because mm. I remember when we first kind of went into lockdown, that was the first thing I kind of got addicted to watching. So I don't know if it was good timing or it was perfect. Timing, it was, but yeah, yeah, I did kind of feel that. But um, but it was doing really, really, really well on Netflix before lockdown. When it right. came out, we were like in the top ten for I don't know how long, a long time. Mm. Um, so I think lockdown, lockdown gave it like a second kind of push, yeah, but yeah. it came out and was really good as soon mm. as it came out, which mm. was amazing. I think that when we were making it, we all knew that we were making something very strong. Mm. Um, mm. Red, the production company, are amazing. They did years and years and other cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're a great production company. Harlan Coburn, who wrote the book, is an amazing guy. Our writers are amazing. Amazing directors. It was just... A lovely, lovely crew of people who really knew what they were doing mm. and knew the story they were telling. Um, I think but... from a storyline perspective, just to jump in there, yeah. I was going to say that normally a lot of these whodunit type mystery kind mm. of dramas, you, you get halfway through it and you you kind of have a good feeling as to who it is yeah. or how it's going to pan out. With this one, didn't have a clue. It literally got <laughs> right to the last 10 minutes and I was like, oh, okay, right. It, it kind of like kept me guessing anyway yeah. the whole way through and that's why I sort of like really enjoyed it joy- yeah yeah it's so fantastically written that you're lost and invested in all of these different storylines which then somehow are all interlinked mm. I just think I think we made a perfect whodunit if mm. I say so myself yeah I yeah, yeah I, I've, I'm really really proud of it I mean, when I was first looking through your um, your credit sheet, I was thinking, you know, you've actually had a really busy last few years, like really busy last few years. But to the point where you've got to now, like how, how would you like your acting career in particular? How would you like to see it develop in the years to come? Where do you see yourself going from here? Good question. I think I'm at a place now where I'm just more confident. Mm. And that's the thing I'm taking forward. I'm more confident and I just know more. Yeah, yeah. After just you know, however long of working really hard. I think that for me, independent film is my favourite, favourite thing to make. Um, I just, I like getting my hands dirty and I like, I find it a bit uncomfortable sometimes when cast are treated um, as being like above crew i don't like that mm-hmm. i'm a crew member too do you mean you know yeah like, yeah yeah i'm a yeah. crew member but i can't like break my leg because i'm not replaceable in that way but i i, I like feeling collaborative mm. and i feel like that on independent films and i really enjoy working 
working with people instead of for people. Yeah, That's why I absolutely. It. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that the next few years, hopefully, more more independent films. I mean, I'm mm. making an independent film now, and then I'm going to do one in November in Ireland, and I have two coming out maybe this year. So mm. I'm kind of like finding myself in that direction anyway. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm more... And also, like, on the business side of things and practically thinking about things, I, like, I, I love doing TV, but I don't really want to be in... I mean, it depends on the show. If there was something that really was... and mm. spoke to me, then yeah. Yeah, I want to yeah, do it. Yeah. But the idea of being in, like, a long contract of a TV show, I'm not... Like, you know, I've done that, I've done that before, and I personally love hopping around and playing different characters yeah, yeah, rather than the yeah, stability of being yeah. one yeah so hopefully yeah more films more uh exciting stuff maybe mm. moving into different parts of the industry Learning right, sounds more. intriguing well i one of my what are these different parts oh, okay listen you've said it now you know i've got to ask you so i did a film last summer which was the yeah, the best experience I've ever had making a film. Um, it's called Sweetheart, and it's a LGBT film. Um, I don't know when it's coming out yet, but I'm so excited. We all lived in a caravan park on the coast of Dorset for like three weeks. All the cast, all the crew, no phone signal, and we only had like an hour of Wi-Fi a day. I just went for cliff walks every day living in my little caravan hanging out having the mm. best time we had barbecues on the weekend it was just like a little family that came together mm. and and everyone cared so much about the story we were telling and what we were making and i've never felt that um like involved yeah yeah in the yeah. whole thing yeah because yeah. i you know I'm, I'm more than happy to come in learn my lines do my thing yeah, yeah yeah but being feeling like you're part of the fabric because mm-hmm. i find i find like decisions and things like that very interesting as well and i guess it's mm. kind of using my experiences of all of the different things i've done yeah 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 and all the different places i've ended up living and the different styles of shoot and whatever kind of using that knowledge to think about or well, how how could i myself make something that um is a combination of all the good things and yeah. things that work yeah you know yeah mean? just in closing then i mean considering your journey in both modeling and acting um what would be your advice to anyone you know aspiring any any young people out there that are looking to either get into the acting world um, or the modeling world like is there anything else that you could you know any really good useful bits of advice that you could pass on if someone's interested in doing film and television, I would say do a film course. You can act on it, but just so you have that knowledge and so you know you know what's going on because, you know, there's, there's a lot going on all the time. There are all sorts of jobs that I'd never even heard of. And I think to just be aware of what you're going to step into can help eradicate some of those kind of nerves uh and confusion and stuff mm-hmm. um i also think being nice to everyone is the number one most important thing you can do 
in this industry because it is it is small people mm. know each other you don't know what anyone's going to do or who anyone's going to become so my my i think my biggest biggest piece of advice is just always always be nice to everyone because if you're an asshole can i swear yeah if absolutely. you're an asshole people are going to know about it everyone's going to talk about it and people won't want to work with you mm, mm. it's just as simple as that it doesn't matter how good you are if you're not nice and you're people like you just said that. it's actually a smaller world than you think so you might mm. actually come across that person well, yeah, in the exactly. future and then there might exactly. be a bit of an issue there you know i don't think you should you should ever i mean generally you shouldn't treat people badly but in this industry that can come back and bite you so hard mm. you know i i although i've got lots of credits and stuff now i've been doing this for a while i i'm never kind of snobby about things i still say yes to short films and doing smaller things because first of all i like working like that i like doing smaller things and also those people are the future those those creatives who i will like have the privilege of working with are going to be the next people making the next amazing films and i don't think that as an actor how big or small you are you should ever shun anyone or anything because you you don't know you know mm. and it excites me as well but i just did a film to raise money for the nhs with the most wonderful director and producer and we'd never met before and I'm really, really close friends with him after it and I'm like kind of honoured to have, this sounds really cheesy, but I'm kind of honoured to have met them at this point before they get to where they're probably going to get to and to be able to work with them and have a relationship with them, like that's... That feels really important to me, mm, you know? Mm. Well, actually, my advice for, for modelling and acting both is if you want to do either of them, you need to learn resilience. Um, and I learned my resilience through modelling. Modelling made me really, really resilient. Um, but you do have to be able to just bounce back after things, you know, constant rejection, which yeah. it sucks, but it's never personal. Mm. Um, you have to remember that it's not personal as well and learn that because, you know, I can say that now, like, it's not personal, it's fine, whatever. But at the time when I was younger being rejected for things, I was like, it's personal, I'm terrible. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, learning resilience and to be able to let go and to be able to kind of, yeah, say yes. To be able to say yes and be free and not... Um... Yeah, and go with the flow, like what you've been saying before, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah just go with the yeah. flow. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound really simple. But I do, yeah, I don't know. It's ch chasing the fire in your belly. Mm, mm. That's, yeah, oh, that's actually good advice. Yeah, I mean, what a way to finish. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids, chase the fire in your belly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, I just want to say, Ella Ray, really appreciate you coming down today. Uh, it's been lovely meeting you and, and, you know, listening to your story. It's been really, no, honestly, it's been really fascinating, um, really inspiring to hear about that natural journey that you've been on through both, you know, two very difficult industries. Um, oh, two fabulous industries. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it seems like you've made light work of both. So long may that continue. <sighs> Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I wish you well for you know the other potential avenues that you might go down in the future. Um, and yeah, um, yeah, it's been really good. So uh, Thank so you. thanks, Ella Rachel. Thanks, Alex.